ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Figa podcast. My name is Alfredo. Sitting next to me, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que estás, amigo? Beleza, cara. Beleza. Tudo joy. And uh, up and away, great north, uh, great, great white north, Mr. Dave de Oliveira. What's happening, Dave? Nothing much. Good to be back on to discuss some uh, Benfica games uh, this past week here. That's right. On the eve of uh, an international break, we'll be here to uh, discuss the following topics. Zagreb, uh, which is the second leg of the Europa League. I like your sexy voice. Like, uh, oh, sorry. On, I got to I gotta gotta apologize grasp, uh, ahead of time. You sound that, like um, a man today, bro. Jesus. Congratulations. At 45, you finally become a man. My nuts dropped. The guys finally hit virginity. Good job. Proud of you. There's now uh, four uh, consecutive podcasts where we've made uh, jokes about nuts. Well, I didn't mention you mentioned it. All I just said is you sound like a man. I just I just thought that we should mention that for the people at home if you keep in score. Well, uh, that's Dave's job. He's a stats guy. That's right. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I apologize ahead of time. I've been uh, battling a little bit of uh, some some sinus, some some cough, some allergies, some cold, whatever it is. Uh, but that's why my voice uh, sounds like uh, this. So, I feel like I'm doing the Benfica podcast with with a, with a whole new host. Like you just you don't even sound like I gotta look at you to make sure it's you because you know through the, the headphones definitely does not sound like. You. Yeah, yeah. Um, so up. on tonight's podcast, we will be looking back at uh, Benfica's second leg of the Europa League against Zinu uh, Muzagreb uh, at the Stadio Luz. We'll also be looking back to this past weekend's game up in Mureira de Cónigos against Mureirense. Uh, we'll discuss the Europa League draw and uh, briefly, and we'll look uh, also, there's an international break, so we'll mention some of the players that will be out on international break. Uh, but uh, before we do that, let's just uh, start at the beginning and not start at the end. Uh, so we'll, we'll uh, Befica brought uh, a 1-0 deficit to Stade de Luz this past uh, Thursday, uh, and Dinamo Zagreb from Croatia. Came to Stade Luz, uh, as I mentioned. I'll give you the lineup real quick. Almeida, Dias, Ferru, Yuri, and Vlako Dimus uh, were in defense. Uh, Faisa, Gabriel in the midfield, Pizzi, and Zivkovic on the left. Uh, Jota and Rafa were up front. So uh, Seferovic, who was um, who was hurt, Jean-Felix got uh, the rest for this game. And uh, Jota and Rafa. Cristiano, what did you think Jota and Rafa up front, man? It was it was definitely questionable going into the game. You know, obviously none of those guys is a true forward. You could uh, easily say they're both uh, more a lot more comfortable on the wing. But considering uh, we had a game three uh, three and a half days earlier on Monday uh, against Bluenes, and then uh, we obviously uh, had to play a very tough game on Sunday, and we spoke about that in last week's podcast. It's you know talking about whether Jonas and these guys could play three games within a week, and so I think Brunelage did what he had to do to try to manage uh, fatigue and try to get these guys uh, to be as fresh as possible uh, heading into Sunday. But um, as he says all the time, f most important thing is today's game, and uh, we'll move on to that. So nonetheless, surprised. Uh, but at the same time, not surprised because you kind of figured he was going to rotate. Just did not expect him to rotate both Juan Felix and Jonas at the same time. Yeah, and and Face and, and Jota actually getting uh, landmark uh, appearances, uh, Dave. 
Yeah, Fasia returns to the lineup since uh, January fifteenth. Uh, uh, he's been out with uh, an injury uh, uh, prior to that, so you good to see Fasia making his uh, return into the starting lineup, and uh, Jota also making uh, his starting eleven uh, debut with the uh, senior club. So um, I know he's not a true uh, striker per se, but we had him playing up top there uh, with Rafa, like mentioned. Yeah. So. Um... Benfica needed to uh, get right up on this game, and and uh, they did control the game, but they didn't really have any good chances until the, the last ten minutes of the half. That's when they finally pressed and were able to uh, break into the final third. They were playing well, controlling the game, pushing uh, Zagreb into their half, but uh, couldn't really get into that final third. And then Benfica finishes off the half on a, on a high really uh, creating a couple chances and uh, but just didn't put them away. The second half team came out uh, and again uh, strong again. There was two substitutions at the half. Uh, Janish came in uh, for Zivkovic and Grimaldo came in for Yuri Ribeiro which uh, we, we must say at this point he's not Benfica level. Be very very careful when you say Benfica came out in the second half very strong. Very strong after making those two substitutions taking out Jota who you could tell still very Not green. Uh, yeah, Jota. Zivkovic. No, Zivkovic oh, for Jonas. Yeah, what am I talking about? Dude? And then Jota comes off for uh, Juan Felix. Felix later. Yeah, yeah, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> Yuri is look. I, the guy's a nice guy. Um, but right he got now, got nice hair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, anyone's got nicer hair than me, so I'll never crit critique his hair. But uh, definitely, you could tell that no tempo de lot. Pedalada. Pedalada. Seems like, uh, you know, he fits right in at the Rio of the world. But right now, he's he's having a little bit of trouble getting his feet on the room. It just looks very nervous with the ball at his feet. Um, lost possession practically every time he touched the ball. Zivkovic was invisible in the game. Um, I don't know if that had a lot to do with the fact that he's worried about uh, Yuri losing the ball and maybe having to track back defensively and not having the, the the confidence that he usually has in his left back to go forward. So maybe that kind of messed him up a little bit. So I'm going to give him a pass there. But obviously, once jo uh, Jonas comes in and once Grimaldo comes in, it was a totally, totally different team. Um, we would have absolutely have liked Benfica to get an early lead in the first half in order to get the guys a little bit more comfortable and hope not to make these substitutions that Benfica was forced to make. But Give credit to, to Bruno Lage. He saw that Benfica was not playing up to their ability. We weren't really creating many chances, and he had to make the uh, these two very important moves, which he did, and and then you know ultimately panned out. And Jonas getting on the scoreboard yeah. and uh, leveling things, and kind of uh, letting everyone take a deep breath around them before going into extra time. And now yeah. there are some that will criticize the decision by Lodge to rotate both Jonas and, and, and Felix at the same time, keep at least should have kept one guy in to keep that presence and that threat up front. Because, uh, as we mentioned before, Jota is not a true striker. Same thing with Rafa. Jota is a guy that is still very green. He has all the technical ability. The guy's got a lot of jing in his game, and I think the future is very bright. But today, he still takes one touch too many. He doesn't keep things as simple as his fellow 19-year-old, Joan Felix. And I think that's what makes Felix special is that he holds on when he has to hold on. But for the most part, a guy plays very simple. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, once in a while, he takes one touch too many. But that's part of being a youngster because there's seasoned veterans who do that as well. But Jota, still a little bit green. Um, once Jonas comes in, you get that presence in the box. You get that presence up top. It just totally changed the game. And, uh, uh, you know, everything worked out in the end. Yeah. But going into 120, it was just... 
not something you wanted to see. Yeah, Benfica getting uh, that equalizer, as Cristiano mentioned, which allowed us to, uh, you know, get a new lease, uh, a, a, an extra 30 minutes, uh, if you will, uh, in of a, at a time. And when you uh, had played a game earlier and some legs were, were worried, uh, it was important to, to be able to get uh, that extra 30 minutes because Benfica was doing everything that they could to really uh, push back Zagreb. And, uh, and the breakthrough came... Um, in the 94th minute or, or four minutes into at a time with Ferru just take, picking up a ball in, in the middle of uh, the Zagreb's half, looking up and just going for it. He had done something like that in the first half earlier, but he just shanked it really high. Uh, but this time he just drove the ball and, and what a goal by uh, uh, by Ferru. Uh, um, Grimaldo would then put the, the game away in the 105th uh, minute. And, and they've... Uh, Two defenders scoring goals for Benfica. Yeah, so uh, Benfica's 105 goals this season. 17 goals have actually come from defenders. And uh, Grimaldo uh, leads the defenders with seven goals uh, this season, which is uh, quite high for uh, a defender. And Ferro with his third goal also of uh, the season. So good to see some uh, goal production coming out of the back line as well. Look, I've been shocked by Ferro's play. I've been shocked by... Surprised or shocked? Both surprise, shock. I mean, but I was just shocked that the guy's even able to play to, to you know, at, to the caliber uh, in the in the Portuguese league, let alone going into the European league and still competing and being able to to to, to produce and and now he's scoring goals. I mean, we're not talking about BS goals in a box where the ball falls. You tap. We're talking about phenomenal finish from the outside of the box when Benfica most needed it. Yep. I mean, it, it's been it's been an extraordinary. Uh, first what month and a half or whatever yeah. it is for seven eight games for for Federal on the port uh, on the Benfica's main squad and then Grimaldo as as Dave mentioned the guy's got seven goals and it seems like every one of his goals is top notch I mean what an absolute cracker I mean that was a knuckleball um the goalkeeper was shocked he thought you know it's just phenomenal phenomenal on his part um and so yeah I mean could not be happier um that Benfica was able to get these guys on the field and, and especially Grimaldo and then that third goal kind of allowed Benfica to breathe because even after Ferro got 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 Benfica uh, ahead two nil. They had a chance inside the six that I don't yeah, even know how they bit. missed it. And so you could tell things at any moment now could derail and, and fall apart. But Grimaldo's goal kind of settled everyone down, and and after that I was just coasting in two two minute one twenty. Yeah, and Dave uh, Benfica really hasn't uh, overcome a lot of uh, first leg deficits, but they did this time. Yeah, so this was only their sixth time out of uh, thirteen that uh, we were able to overcome a uh, one nothing uh, deficit and uh, able to advance to the next stage of uh, European competition. So good to see that uh, we had some uh, luck on our side because like Cristiano said, we were really fortunate not to uh, concede uh, a goal during the extra time. And even after Grimaldo uh, scores, they have another chance, uh, Zagreb, uh, to uh, put one ahead and make it a little bit tighter. So... Uh, sometimes we need that little luck, and we definitely had it there in the extra time. Yep. Yeah, we have to tighten things up though in the back. Though, I mean, against the uh, uh, the caliber of opponent that we're gonna face next in Frankfurt. In Frankfurt, uh, I, I, what Eintracht? How do you say it? Eintracht. Eintracht Frankfurt, who Benfica was uh, lucky or unlucky to to draw the very next day. And Could have been worse. Draw. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But it depends. Could have been better as well. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Benfica drew uh, Frankfurt Eintracht, whatever. I, I can't pronounce the name. I apologize. Uh, we need our good friend Marcus Horn to, to come give me some uh, pronunciation tips. But uh, now we head on to Germany. 
And again, against a caliber opponent like that, with the Jovics of the world, the Hallers of the world, and they put that away. And, and things become a lot tighter than they should be. Um, and so Benfica definitely needs to tighten things up in the back. Yeah. Uh, Cristiano, how um, how important was for, for Benfica that after losing in Croatia, then tying Bulnes, how important was for Benfica to answer uh, this call by their fans in front of their 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 fans in the stadium. How important do you think this win was for Bifi? I mean, very important because you start to, you start doubting yourself. Obviously, you have the hiccup in 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 Croatia, as you mentioned, and then you come home and you're up two 0 and then two childish mistakes, and all of a sudden you drop points and it's two two. I'm pretty sure some players started dropping, you know, some of their confidence, but. And then you get the question marks of whether Lodge has lost. It's because, you know, the critics in Portugal, everyone's going to swarm like these guys. You know, they see blood and they swarm. So it was important to get back on a positive note uh, heading into a very important game of Moreira de Conegos. Very important that Mifika was able to turn this game around, even though things did not look great in the first half. It looked scary. And then even into to, 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 you know, mid, midway through the second half where Benfica was definitely applying the pressure. He felt a little bit more comfortable as a fan because they were creating chances yeah. unlike in the first half and unlike the game in Croatia. But that obviously that goal alleviated things and then Ferro and Grimaldo. And I think that allowed Benfica to, to go into Moreira de Conegos with a, a positive uh, mindset and knowing that if things even, you know, if things get difficult that they could turn around and score goals and get on the scoreboard with ease. Yeah. And they've, uh, Christian already mentioned that we uh, drew a uh, uh, track Frankfurt uh, this past Friday. What do those fixtures look like? And when are they taking place? Yeah, so April 18th, the first leg at the Stadio de Luz, uh, followed by the second leg on uh, April 18th, where we travel to Frankfurt. Oh, April, uh, April 11th Germany. and 18th, I think you said 18th. Yeah, you said both. 18th twice. Oh, so 11th that, and 18th. That, my that apologies. Kind of hard. Yeah. yeah. So 11th. And, and then we also uh, then we also drew the same uh, uh, bracket side as Chelsea and uh, Slava Prague. So. Uh, we kind of avoid some of the bigger giants like Napoli and Arsenal and uh, Valencia, but uh, we still have uh, Chelsea and uh, Frankfurt to deal with. Well, Napoli uh, and well. Arsenal play each other, so that'll be one shark uh, gone by the wayside. The only thing, the only sad part about this draw is our good friend uh, Patrick Kendrick, as, as you guys have heard um, here on the podcast and you heard on Benfica uh, English play-by-play uh for for a number of years there stay the loose he now works for inter milan i don't think that's a secret i think most of you guys that listen to us here on the regular know and uh had inter done their business and uh beaten frankfurt in advance it would have been his dream matchup patrick would have had an opportunity to come back to the lose and then uh you know back to lisbon a city that he, he loves very much and so that was the only sad part it would have been nice to to, to see patrick back uh in, in his old stomping grounds but Nonetheless, Benfica need to handle business. I think Frankfurt is a, 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 a you know, I don't want to call them a shark, but they're a little bit better than a lot of people anticipate. I, I tell you, they're a lot better than than, than the team Benfica just uh, faced in Zagreb. And it's not just about Jovic, yep. uh, Benfica player that's on loan with the bullshit, with the BS, uh, <laughs> with the BS uh, buyout clause, uh, yep. very low, which they're going to take advantage of. And now you got all the big sharks, you know, the Real Madrid's, Barcelona's, Man United, everyone uh, swimming around Jovic. Uh, he's the guy's hot prop uh, property. Yep. Everyone wants him. So. Be very careful. It's not just about Jovic. They have another French 24-year-old striker who's got 14 goals, one goal behind Jovic in the Bundesliga, uh, scores goals in bundles, and they have a couple very good uh, playmaking midfielders, Croatian one, a Serbian one. So this is a team that could absolutely put the ball uh, together and, and move up the field and yeah. create uh, really good chances. So, um, 
you know, just just be aware. Uh, but I think uh, Lodge will have the guys ready to go. But it's not going to be a walk in the park. And Germany is never a uh, good playing ground for Benfica anyways. Whenever we have to go there, we haven't had much uh, success there lately. So we always got to keep that in mind as well. Yeah. I mean, you have to keep in mind when we go there now, we play Dortmund or Bayern Munich. I mean, that's it's not like we're playing the Frankfurts of the world. But yeah, yeah we, we've also played. To... We've also struggled against Leverkusen in the That past. was years ago. That was years ago. I'm talking about lately. But you're right, Dave. You're right, though. Yeah. So with... when I think about Germany. It's, I it's think tough. a 1994, bro, Leverkusen-Benfica, 4-4. Yeah, I, mean, I always I always go back to that that's game. That's a memorable game uh, that, that's probably uh, that game, it, it will live on for, for a very but, long time in people's memories. But when I think about Germany, that's what I think about. I don't think about the shellackings or whatever by 4-0 yeah. by, by Dortmund. I just, my mind automatically takes me back to Leverkusen back in 94. Yeah, when I think about Germany, I, I think about beer and bratwurst. That could be worse. Yeah. Could have been thinking about Adolf Hitler stuff. I mean, you know, it could definitely be worse. Yeah. So with uh, European business out of the way and and settled, it was it was time to turn our attention to uh, domestic competition. Porto, who had played earlier than us, uh, had uh, won the game. Uh, we had a very very complicated game uh, up north in Moreira de Conch against the team that's uh, that's arguably been the sensation team of of the season. Uh, so it wasn't going to be a, a very easy game. So. Um, on the on the pitch, Flaco Dimus was in goal. Almeida, Dias, Ferro, and Grimaldo, Gabriel, and Samaris, Pizzi, Rafa, and Felix, and Jonas. Uh, so this is right now probably Benfica, not probably uh, Benfica's strongest uh, eleven uh, to play in against uh, Murenense. And uh, you know, um, I, I thought that Benfica did well. They they, they had a, a very good half for for small pitch uh, that uh, gave them very little space to move the ball. Uh, it was a fast combinations that allowed uh, uh, Benfica to, um, to to break through and, and to advance the ball uh, into the final third. But uh, there was a goal in the 30th minute that got called back by VAR, which was the, the right call. Then in the 37th minute, uh, Jean-Felix uh, would score in, in, a, in a goal that's uh, that's surrounded by controversy from where I was. Uh, it didn't look like it was offside. But look, it, it's not Benfica's fault that... The stadium doesn't have conditions for all the cameras to be set up and to have the 18 cameras that they may have at Stade de Luz. Uh, so uh, whether or not uh, it went to VAR, VAR looked at it and thought it was uh, fine, and it is what it is. Uh, in the 43, uh, 43rd minute, Samaris would uh, would put us ahead 2-0, so we went into the half uh, with a 2-0 lead, and, and, and the team then grew confident um, after that. Uh, Cristiano, uh, just uh, uh, watching this game, uh, were you nervous going into this game? Was I nervous? Uh, you want me to answer that? Uh, biased or unbiased? Right. Just tell me how you felt I mean, going look, into look, the don't, game. Don't get me wrong. As a Benfica, you you know me. I'm 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 a glass half full type of guy. Um, after having gone through what we went through on Saturday with the game at the Ladron and all that BS and stuff like that, you start to wonder if maybe there is some truth to, you know, the referees carrying uh, the other team and are they going to influence uh, Benfica's game? You start that starts to trickle into your mind, and then you start questioning yourself. Go back to the game I started to lose against Bolognenses, where there's three clear handballs. They never go to VAR, but then they go on a VAR here. They so all that crap 
leads into doubt going into Moreira Conics, a team that came at the start of the lose, beat Benfica 3-1 to in the first half of the season. Uh, Benfica's playing their third game in, in seven days. Benfica is without some key players. You know, Sferovic, they only have two guys who had to play big minutes uh, on Thursday, just three days prior. So all that starts to trigger into your mind. You know, uh, nonetheless, you feel that Benfica has enough quality to go into Moreira Conegos, especially with this new coach, uh, Brun Lage. And if they play their football the way we've grown accustomed to seeing them play under Brun Lage for the most part, with the exception of the, the, the two games in the Europa League, you knew this team was going to come in and, and pose a, a, a threat and, and create and, and try to get the three points. And that's exactly what they did. Um, things got a little bit hectic with fouls on, on, on Benfica players, like the one third minute in with, with the, I forget who the guy was, uh, from Urens that stepped on Grimaldo's, uh, ankle. Yeah. Start questioning. I mean, the guy doesn't even get a yellow. And so now all that doubt starts creeping back into your mind. Benfica gets on a scoreboard through Jonas, a uh, beautiful play only to go back on VAR, which hundred percent cleanly offside yep. by PZ. And then you start wondering, man, look, Benfica's not taking advantage of these chances. PZ misses an opportunity right at the beginning of the game as well. He's in front yeah. of goal. And, he and so you start thinking, like, bro, are we going to rule these chances? We hope that we don't. But you know what? To Benfica's credit, they turned things around. They kept uh, knocking on the door, and they started, uh, you know, until they, they knocked it down. And they were able to put a couple of nice plays together, got on the scoreboard, and then it was pretty much uh, Dunsky after that. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this much. I was more nervous on uh, coming into this game than I was going into the Porto game. Just the way uh, the the games that we've been playing uh, in such, uh, such short uh, time span. Uh, I know we were trying to rest guys like Jonas, uh, Gabriel, Grimaldo, and uh, João Felix, but uh, and we needed ended up having to use them in, uh, against Zagreb to advance. Uh, so, and we went to extra time. So another extra 30 minutes that these guys had to play on top of, uh, this important game on, uh, Sunday. And uh, I was actually disappointed with how, uh, Morinus, uh, played. I thought they would give us, uh, more of a, a challenge, uh, considering they were going into the match in fifth place and had already, uh, taken points away from Porto at their, uh, stadium. But, uh, I was really nervous going into this, uh, match, but, uh, Good to see that uh, we ended up getting the uh, three points and a, a good result to show for as well. Yeah, I th I think for for me at this point, uh, yeah, there's obviously some some anxiety and, and nerves before the game, but you still feel confident. But uh, just going back and, and look, I, I hate to talk about this, but this is the the environment that we that people have conditioned us to believe, right? So refereeing, uh, bad calls, uh, VAR is not working for thirty minutes, so. At this point, I I think I'm I'm more nervous about any mistakes that could negatively impact Benfica uh, than I am on the actual game itself because I know that this team is capable of doing things. I know that we have a coach that's capable of identifying things that need to be changed. But the biggest um, uh, the biggest variable to me continues to be refereeing in Portugal because uh, and it's something that you kind of wonder. Well, is it just bad in general and that's why they don't even get any call-ups to international play or is just are, are these guys conditioned by some outside sources so there, there's a there's always a doubt that you're not going to get a, a well officiated game uh when it comes to Benfica or, or any other any other game for that matter so that there's always that doubt and, and maybe that little hesitation on my part 
uh, that uh, that something's going to happen, and especially going down into the final stretch of the season with eight games left to go and, and the race tight as is, uh, there's doubts. There's doubts in my mind. And, of course, if you guys remember, Chris and I were were basically grew up on the Pit Dorado and, and seeing – the the most blatant robberies that you could look. I mean, all you needed was a guy, the the ref to pull out a gun and just hands up. Oh, I'm still scarred by that. I need to see a psychiatrist. I'm still scarred. I mean, that left PTSD. What is it? PTSD? PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, I got PTSD from that crap. I mean, and that's happened years ago, and it seems like we're back to those days on certain occasions. It's just it's despicable yeah. what happens in Portuguese football, and then at Benfica, and it's all Benfica's fault, and everybody just seems to forget uh, what everyone else does, but that's another subject for another time. Yeah. Uh, very important three points. Benfica yeah, yeah. is back at top of the table. Um, that's that's what matters heading into this uh, international break, where Benfica did have a handful of players call up to, to represent their national teams, um, but yeah, I mean, look, it is what it is. We got the points. Moving on. Yeah, Rafa and uh, Florentino uh, finished off the the the, the scoreline with uh, with four goals for Benfica, and uh, it it was quite an emphatic answer by Benfica, right? Which is this was one game that everybody had marked on their calendars as possible point loss for Benfica, uh, but Benfica had uh, quite an emphatic uh, answer to uh, all the critics and to all the doubters and to all the the hopers uh, that Bifiga would be uh, would be losing points in this game. So Bifiga needs to protect Rafa at all costs. The guy has been absolutely lights out. He is threatening every single time he has the ball. Um, very glad to see that the player that we paid 16 million euros to Braga has finally arrived at the lose, and he's been spectacular, spectacular. Yeah, Dave, do you got a uh, you got a stat here on both Rafa and also Juan Felix, which is went over or scored the tenth goal of the season? Yeah, so he scored his tenth uh, goal of the uh, Campeonato this year, and in the last twenty years, only three players have scored ten or more goals uh, while being under twenty years old. So. Uh, Juan Felix did it this year. Diogo uh, Jota scored 12 back in 2015-16 when he was with Pasch de Ferreira. And uh, our boy Mantores, uh 10 goals back in 2000-2001, uh, but while he was playing for Alverca back in the day. And right. that's and that's 10 goals and 18 appearances, correct, if I'm not mistaken? Which is very... That for, Juan, for Juan Felix. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. yes. And Rafa, yeah. did you say Rafa Think scored about- in his last... Last yeah, uh, Rafa has also five, been on fire. Five goals, yeah, five goals in his last six games. Uh, yeah, he's really been. Uh, I, I know you've made this argument before in the past, but he's been uh, one of our most important uh, players. Uh, the way he's able to uh, connect mm-hmm. the uh, midfielder up to the attacking uh, sector and his creativity. I know he can be frustrating at times to watch when he does make those uh, extra moves or doesn't take the the right shot or doesn't hit the shot, but. Uh, I'll take that uh, any time of the week uh, when uh, he does uh, end up putting it uh, behind the net and uh, his creativity as well. And look, I'm not dumping on on, on Rui Vitoria, but when you think about today's team and the form that Benfica is playing right now, the current moment, Samaris, who is non-existent for three, three and a half years under the former coach, João Felix seldom used substitute. Rafa wasn't used. And on the left when he was playing. 
but what was barely playing. Yeah. You know, Servi was starting ahead of him. Exactly. I'm just talking about minutes though. Um, where they played to meet, you know, uh, Rafa, who was, you know, wasn't used as much as well. Uh, Sferovic, who's dispensado in the summer. The guy didn't get a single minute in, in preseason for Benfica. And those guys now were what or who, you know, are carrying Gabriel as well. Another Gabriel, guy yeah. that was kind of descartado by, by Rui Vitoria. So it goes to show you that uh, Bruno Lage has done a tremendous job. And sometimes, sometimes I know our president and and guys within within the team would like to throw out some lines and you feel like it's cliches. But this time I got to admit that they were uh, right on when they said, you know, these guys are going to be reforcers in the second half of the season. You know, they're on the team. They've, they've been injured. They haven't played much. But in the second half, they're, we don't need to go out and spend money on, on, on the transfer market because these guys will be reforcers. And look, to his credit, this time at least it came to fruition. Yeah, by now. Yeah, for look uh, for sure, Rafa has blinding speed with the ball at his feet. He is ridiculously quick. Yeah, that one play where he picks it up behind midfield, runs the whole length of the field, and then again, my criticism of his over the time, and he's gotten a lot better this season. Is that final ball, so, yeah, and it looked like he, hit, you know, it was it was too hard of a, a of a touch across the middle and to nobody. Uh, but nonetheless, it was still a magnificent play on his part. I mean, the lungs on that guy to take the ball and carry it and shield defenders off and still being able to get into the box and create a very dangerous uh, dangerous situation. I mean, the guy's been has been absolutely spectacular, as I've said uh, here on the podcast many, many times. Might not be Benfica's best player, but he's by far Benfica's most dangerous player. So we're uh, we're back on top with this game under our belts, and now we uh back on top, albeit uh, tied in points, but uh, head on the head-to-head. Uh, and uh, now we head into international break. Uh, and Dave, what's uh, oh, huh? No, we're tied. <laughs> Bolinense, right? Bolinense. Yeah, I forgot about you're trying this. to put that behind you, eh? Yeah. Oh, shit, I forgot. No, yeah, we got the same exact points as Porto because of Bolinense. Yeah, because I forgot Bolinense. about forgot that. That's that what game. I'm saying. I'm like, well, I'm looking at you like he's yeah, got yeah. selective Edith memory. Yeah, Rob, dude, that's a game you want to forget. Screw yeah. Up. But they've uh, we're... speaking of PTSD, that's a game that'll have that's that'll exactly. trigger PTSD. That's exactly right. Uh, they've uh, had Befica heading into international break and 11 Befica players into international break. Yeah, so uh, four for Portugal that were called up Ruben Dias, Rafa, Pizzi, and uh, João Felix gets his uh, first call up to the senior squad. Uh, we had some uh, Greeks also get called up to the Greek national team, Samaris and Vlakodimos. Uh, Fasia and uh, Zivkovic also got called up to the Serbian national team, and uh, Florentino, Jetson, and uh, Jota to the uh, under-20 Portugal team as well. Yeah, that's right. And and Fasia has been uh, has been working out at the Seychelles, and he will be at the Seychelles until uh, Serbia travels to Portugal. He would then join Serbia there. Uh, but I, I read that, and then when I got Dave's uh, list, I said, Dave, Faisa is staying in Lisbon, but uh, I, I didn't read completely. But, yeah, uh, you know, look, international break c- could be could be good, um, but it could also be uh, not so good if, if players come back uh, injured and, and such. And I think at this point the players are so used to that uh, week-in, week-out uh, rhythm that this is something that's going to break up that that rhythm. So let's let's hope that uh, this international break is is beneficial for Benfica, uh, and uh, every player comes back uh, unarmed and uh, ready to go. 
So uh, great for Juan Felix to uh, to get that call up, the first call up. Uh, I think it's well deserved. And and Chris, I, I probably don't even remember of of this many Benfica, Benfica players being in the national team. It's been been a while since we put that many in there. Been a while. I mean, probably have to go back to the JJ years and 12, 13 season. Probably if you got a phenomenal roster, then yeah, uh, maybe then, maybe then. Also, another guy I was just wanted to mention, wanted to shout out Keaton Parks also gets called up. I know he's not part That's of great. Benfica today, he's on loan at NYCFC, but he got called up to represent the United States U23. So, and CJ uh, also, for him, CJ uh, U20. U20 uh, in Spain, I believe, today. I think they played today, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, just shouting out some of our friends here, yeah, Good for them. Um, also, uh, today it was announced that Benfica will be uh, a part of the international champions. Nah. Uh, what? You serious? That's for this. It was announced that Benfica will be part of the international champions cup taking place uh, in in Asia and in America and whatnot uh, on the twenty seventh. They will announce further uh, details as far as fixtures and locations and uh, other teams so just wait for that but uh yes Befica is uh, going to the international champions club uh cup hopefully it won't be to asia it'll be to uh, north america like they did last year so we'll just have to uh sit tight and uh, find out and wednesday wait for that. find out wednesday That's march right. 27th 10 a.m press conference and uh the world will know north america including canada so Passed by Toronto this time because I know a lot of Canadians uh, missed out on the trip uh, last week. But hey, if it doesn't come to Canada, we'll still travel down to the States. We'll bring our Sharice. We'll bring our Sagrish. We'll have a good time. I will say this, Dave. I will say this, this, and this is going to probably rub some of our Canadian brothers the wrong way. But the last time Ifiko was there to play Paris Saint-Germain, the turnout wasn't very great. It was like 11,000. It wasn't very great. And you're missing the the Eusebio Cup as well. Yeah, you guys, they still owe you that. They still owe you (laughs) They still owe you those every cup. Yeah, no, no, it's been uh, it's been rough. Uh, so we'll, we'll just uh, rough. We'll just uh, we'll just have to see uh, how uh, how that turns out. So uh, I'm sure everybody's uh, anxiously awaiting uh, for that announcement. And it's always good to have Mifika on this side of the Atlantic. Uh, so we'll just uh, we'll just have to see. I told you, you sound different today, bro. You sound like yeah. one of those guys doing the traffic in the morning, bro. Hey, he's sound. Hey, he's hey, he's. Uh, so that's all we got uh, for you this week. Next week, we will uh, be taking a break um, and we'll be back the week after that. We'll uh, break down the Tondela game, which Benfica Well, actually we'll look ahead to the Tondela game. So we'll be back uh, after this. Wait, I, never mind. We'll be back when we'll be back. Alfredo, from St. One Time for me. Traveling east on the George Washington Bridge, you'll be a 20 minute hold. Go ahead, say Traveling it. east on the George yelling. Washington Bridge, you will find a backup, a one car broken down on the side of the road. Sound like 10 10 wins, bro. Sound, oof. Good job. This is going to be my audition tape. I just gave you an idea. Look at that. See everybody. Peace. En- enjoy, uh, enjoy whatever you do this weekend. I'll be missing Benfica terribly. I hate national. Carrega Benfica. Hugh Freire. Bye. Peace.